Movie Hour, episode 130, April 31st, 2011. Spoiler alert, the following our programming may contain both movie plots and swearing. Good evening, everyone. I am Greg Maloney, and allow me to be the first to welcome you to the Hayden Christensen Stole My Innocence Movie Hour. We have a party in the studio tonight. Once again, we are joined by my brother James and the always punctual Jeff. Welcome back to the show, fellas. Hey, everybody. How's it going? I'm back, motherfucker. <laughs> I liked it that time. That was great. That was fantastic. Uh, Jeff, it's been a while. It hasn't been that long. <laughs> well, it felt like a long time. It felt yeah, like a long time. I know, I know how you feel. I've been, I've been away. I moved. Right. Right. I it's live true. in a different city now. It's true. Remember when we started this podcast and I lived in Philadelphia? Yeah. The Nathan, the yeah. nation's, I think, fifth largest city. I think it used to be the fourth, but some bunk-ass city in Texas took over. Yeah, the census happened. And, yeah, you know. goddamn <laughs> bastards. But uh, yeah, now my official uh, address is um, inside the uh, the nation's largest city, uh, New, New York, New York. I'm very happy to say. So Fantastic. Before yeah. before you get too much into that, we'll, we'll get back to that. We should mention... Uh, for it's, the first... a, it's, not, it's not a big deal. It's like a major right. life event. <laughs> for the third time... In... <laughs> Let me talk. For the third time in a row, we have our West Coast friend Josh back for the movie hour festivities. As uh, and as, as I understand it, from alive from spring break. Welcome back, Josh. Yeah, it's fucking crazy out here. There are bitches everywhere. <laughs> Show us your tits. <laughs> bitches everywhere, man. Only if your students knew. Only if your students knew. <laughs> Some of them are my students. Or, oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. I just. You went on spring break with your students. I just. I just. <laughs> That would be awesome. Yeah, I'm coming along. No, it would not be awesome. Save a spot for me. Because I've got a fake ID and I can buy us all beer. <laughs> I have a fake ID that puts me at 19 years old. <laughs> I had to go into a, uh, a school recently as it was le- ever, as everyone was leaving. The school day was ending. So there's just kids everywhere running around. And I got to experience like the the clicks walking together and just thinking, man, oh, everybody yeah. here is so cool. Like it's just the funniest situation going on. And you back were four feet taller than everybody. Yeah. Yeah. What school I felt like was this? I was at uh Waterford <laughs> oh, Waterford School. It was pretty faster. funny. Yeah. Uh anyhow, I guess we can talk about Jeff moving. That's a that's an interesting story. Well if you don't yeah, want to we so. can talk about my immortalization. Let's talk about that. Your immortalization. Yes. Is, is, is there a RoboCop statue? No, no, even better. I'm in the online comic. My my trilogy is finished. Yeah, and it's pretty good. It, it is, is pretty, pretty good. good. Uh, referring to the, our friends, the SideQuestComic.com boys. No which, way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they ended up. Um, there was a small. We've talked about this a little bit on the show before. We are all. Uh, most of us play a lot of video games, and we had a video game competition where. Whoever could get the most points with this convoluted system. Can I use convoluted? I think I, I think no. sure. It's pretty messed no. up. And uh, Jim won the competition, so he was inserted as a uh, he was a feature uh, yes, guest, part of a three episode arc. Yeah. Anyhow, a fantastic read and a very uh, a Mortal Kombat reference, mm-hmm. which is always a win a win. Which I think today there's a new Mortal Kombat game coming out. Heads up! Oh, I think thank God. Yeah, they were timing it with that. I believe it was yeah. on purpose. Yeah. Um, well, comic or no, James, I've always thought you were immortal. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Big time. I'm glad That's I have good. that aura about me. It is sort of the the week of local news. Jeff moving Red Wings now 
dominating 3 and 0 in the series. Yeah, they're beating Phoenix, so not yeah. that I'm not all for it, but like let's take a step not much back. of a test. Like yeah. this, they could be they could be doing way worse. They could be doing worse. Yeah, I just want them to wrap up the series on Wednesday and just get Hank back and just get ready for the the next opponent. The next opponent. Hopefully we just keep it nice and simple. There was uh they were talking about on 97.1 uh, the Barry Melrose quote saying how he loves the Red Wings right now and like how everyone thinks Barry Melrose hates the Red Wings and I thought it was uh uh, I'm trying to remember what the exact quote was, but he pretty much just like offered Datsuk his virginity. It was pretty funny. <laughs> but uh, yeah, always I stayed up for the first two innings, and after that I couldn't bear any longer. In innings now? Sorry, periods. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why this is I a like podcast. hockey when they take the wooden things and hit the round. <laughs> yeah. the, the I got a, a lot of concentrate right now. You look really handsome. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! Yeah, Always a pleasure you... being on the show with you guys. <laughs> I have one more thing I want to talk about before we move on to uh, the actual movie movie criteria. And you, feel free to hop in with any topic you you please, other than Jeff. Jeff, you're in timeout for now. Um, I still get to talk about New York. I live in New York. I live, I live in New York. <laughs> You have to. You're gonna have to get us get us uh, up up to par with all the the East Coast news. You're gonna be our East Coast man for now. Yeah, I could be hanging out with James Franco right now instead of yeah. doing this. Yeah. Well, James knows you're busy, so I guess you can sort of you can tell him that. But uh, I guess more. On, in... What's big on Broadway out there, Jeff? <laughs> uh, the the South Park guys. <laughs> Are they? Yeah, that's right. Book of Mormons. Yeah, the Book of Mormons. That's right. Uh, but. Uh, on sort of another entertainment note, the G.R.R. Martin series, Game of Thrones, finally came to uh, TV fruition through HBO. You actually saw the episode? I, no, I didn't see the oh, episode. Because okay. it. it came out on Sunday, and I don't have HBO here. And actually, I went over and set up the schedule to be recorded at my parents' place because I'm going to stop by there and just watch it. Because I'm, I'm a, I didn't want to get too excited about it, but it's, it's the books were really awesome. And I think uh, this could be a pretty big deal. Could be, but could be a deal breaker in terms of needing to get cable, premium channel just just to watch. HBO, I, don't see I think that they, happening. They have yeah. a pretty good history with those types of series too. I think. The Wire kicked ass. Uh, I, I guess I missed that one. The you Wire. Mean, yeah, The Wire. You mean fantasy series? Or you mean just HBO productions? Just just HBO. The series productions that they make in general tend to be pretty good. Right, like Board of the Walk ones that I've seen. I, I know it's the movie hour, not the. Uh... It's not TV, it's HBO hour, but uh, go check out The Wire, seriously. Uh, I liked your little it? plug there. It's not TV, it's HBO hour. Well, we're trying to get HBO back on the show here to actually uh, sponsor a little the, bit. The Wire, the Wire is amazing. Start at series, season one and see if you're not done with season five by like next week. Can I Netflix this? <laughs> you can, one you of, can't stream it. One though. of our you current have to, you sponsors. Have to, you have to buy it. Mm, mm-mm. Well, not buy it. You can, you know, get the yeah, discs. Disc by disc. Yeah. Getting seasons by disc is the yeah. oh, it's tough. But, you know, the nice thing is, like, on one hand, yeah, it kind of sucks. On the other hand, these are hour-long shows, and they pack usually three of them onto a disc. So you figure you've got three hours of entertainment versus just one hour or an hour and a half or two hours that you get from a regular DVD. This is true. You just sold me in, like, three seconds. Good word. That <laughs> That's was what nice. I do. That, that is what He I sells do. people. Now, if you could uh, continue to sell us, we actually need to get on to the movie reviews. And I have you listed as first. I don't know why. Maybe because I want you. I want to see if you can impress us. You know, win us back because you've been gone for 
for what seems to be so long. Right. Um, so I saw a movie that actually got, I think, a pretty fair amount of critical acclaim last year uh, starring Jake uh, I think I'm pronouncing this right, Gyllenhaal, and um, and you were and, just talking about him last show. You're the- and Anne Hathaway, yeah, yeah, I, I heard you talking about hey, him. Last show. Some, something about Anne Hathaway makes me want to make out with her. I think it's her pretty face. Um, <laughs> surprise, surprise. So, um, and here's the deal with this movie. It's called uh, it's called Love and Other Drugs, and it's uh, it's written and directed by Edward Zwick. Of uh, <laughs> um, you say it with such disdain. Last Samurai fame with Tom Cruise. More anyway, importantly, the siege. The, the, the siege. <laughs> Is that that one? Not with Bruce under siege, the siege with Bruce Willis. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I remember that movie. I saw that movie. Ugh. Um, so yeah, he and did glory. So leave him alone. Go I'm ahead. not leaving him alone. Anyway, this movie was it's it was terrible. It was really awful. <laughs> um, like really, really bad. Not like romantic comedy bad. It was really bad. Um, it's uh, I don't know. It's it's sort of like a like a sort of classic romantic uh, movie type theme. You've got uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, Gyllenhaal. Have we figured out how to pronounce that? I would say Gyllenhaal. Jake Gyllenhaal um, is like the you know like sort of the heartless uh, you know sort of you know a womanizer type guy who meets the uh, the cool chick that's not like other chicks. You know she's like an artist and she's got messed up hair, but she's still super hot and like sexually integrated. <laughs> um, so pretty standard um, and. You know, I I've said you know way too many times. It, it sucks. It's it, the twist on it is well twofold. Uh, a it's his sister. Uh, <laughs> a, a, a Anne Hathaway um, has uh, Parkinson's disease, so that's sort of like this whole thing that oh, caused. That's a deal breaker for me. Right. Right. Well, yeah, and that's that's this thing that like causes a problem in in the movie. You know, oh, I have Parkinson's disease, and uh, uh, you can't possibly love me. And I knew I don't. And it's it's in. So that's sort of like your romantic movie, like lull in the middle, like oh, problem Parkinson's disease. Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah what a big huge problem well, that's not what i meant i meant it's it's predictable uh, obviously this okay, movie sounds all, awesome all the proceeds that go proceeds <laughs> all in all the I'll not a serious matter at all salary from this episode i will donate to Parkinson's <laughs> promise no, so the pro the okay, so it's it's very formulaic. Like, oh yeah, that that's a problem. So the, the will they get back together? Or no, by the end of the movie. Anyway, um, the second thing that separates it from most romantic movies is Anne Hathaway's tits show up like ten times in it. So that's okay, I guess. But don't, are I, you serious? I am as serious as Parkinson's disease, my friend. <laughs> that's better. I thought she was a serious uh, kind of like I'm not gonna do that type of thing actress i guess i guess i had just trying to win an oscar so josh i don't know if you know this um but when women say i'm not gonna do this that means <laughs> they often <laughs> it's my spring break i know that to no right, means right. yes the uh the one bright spot if you could even call it that um well two very minor bright spots oliver platt's in it i there just you love go. him yeah um, and uh, Josh Gad. Uh, Do you who, really? I was gonna bring him up. Do you really find him funny? No, but in okay. this he was okay. 
Um, I don't even know who that is. He is the once once in a once in a while correspondent for the Daily Show. He's the big fat guy with curly hair. Yeah, I still don't know who he is. I'm sure he's, <laughs> I'm sure he's yeah, funny sometimes. Fat, way fatter. I don't know what it is about. Like, it bothers me. Like, I've like, never liked him on The Daily Show, but he was kind of funny in this. Maybe it was just in juxtaposition with everybody else. This movie was terrible. I mean, god awful. Like, right. normally, and, you know, I, I watch a lot of movies with my girlfriend now, and that's fine. Normally, like, I can rate things on, like, okay, well... You know, if you're watching this with a girl or whatever, that that makes sense. Like, that's fine. This is not like my girlfriend hated it, too. Like, it's a terrible, terrible, awful movie. And it uses this Parkinson's thing as like a crutch uh, to to try. and I don't know, to try and lend seriousness and like tacky emotionality. It's just it's it's trite and it's just schlock. It's a terrible movie. Next. Parkinson right. must be rolling over in his grave right now. <laughs> possibility <laughs> wow uh, <laughs> um going to help for the thought that just went through my head right all right uh, oh man i don't know maybe we should change the title as if the title wasn't worse enough <laughs> right so i ended up catching parkinson's exclamation point i don't have such a scathing review of it but it's a it's an older movie which everyone's probably already seen already because it's so fantastic i went and saw the born identity um, oh. i guess went and seen wasn't much of a uh, isn't exactly what happened. I saw it and uh, it was sitting on a table, and I said, "Oh, I'll watch that. Why not?" And I actually, I had per- stopped myself from watching any of the other movies in the series because I wanted to see the first one um, before I got to it. So I am trying to see if this trilogy is worth anything. And actually, there's a fourth movie coming out, I believe. In yeah, what a surprise! Twelve. Yeah, milking that thing for all it's worth. And for those that uh, aren't aware of the story it's actually a remake of which wasn't even that long ago like 1988 i think was the original board movie um made in 2002 and it's just story of you get introduced to a guy that has amnesia doesn't know who he is and quickly realizes that he is a trained killer not sure why and slowly realizes that he works for uh, the cia killing people and he's an assassin um we get to know him through multiple action scenes, but mainly through my, my dearest of friends, Frank Patente. Uh, hold, hold on, I'm looking at this, and yeah. I don't see Frank Patente. I see Richard Chamberlain and Jacqueline Smith and Donald Moffat. Am I looking at the wrong You're movie? looking at the 1988 one. Oh, that would explain about? it. Oh. All right, I'm going to go yep. back. Okay, yep, keep searching. That was a failed joke. I'm really sorry, yeah. everybody. <laughs> it was great. Um, I guess it is pretty much just a shoot 'em up movie. Uh, I was sort of hoping for a little more mystery and a little more uh, whodunit kind of thing, but um, you just pretty much find out that Matt Damon can't figure out who he is until the very end and this whole reveal happens where it's like okay this is what really happened at the very beginning and how i got was ended up unconscious in the water and it just doesn't pan out very well and you've got chris cooper in it who plays um sort of like the cia division boss of, i like chris yeah, cooper he is he's a good guy um <laughs> owens in it as another um assassin brian cox is sort of like the head uh, even the uh, Chris Cooper's boss, and there's a, there are a couple big uh, other big names in it, but he should try and tone down the badass a little bit. Brian Cox, that guy's fucking sweet. Yeah, he really <laughs> is. He is, really is. Why well, um, tone it, it down was, when you can crank it up? Do you think was, that's even possible? I worry for the fate of humanity. I do too. It didn't really. This movie didn't really inspire me to catch the rest of the series. Although I do know that Frank Patente is also in the second one, so I might have to. She uh, 
ever since uh, Run Lola Run. If, which... if it if it helps you out, she dies in like the second. Scene. Yeah, I hear she. I did. <laughs> she dies and. Uh, I forget what alert. mundane item does he use in the first one to fight? Is it a pen? Uh, at one point he uses a pen. Yeah. Okay. Like That's kind of a recurring thing, and one of the next one he uses like a magazine or something. And yeah, like an assassin comes after him that has like a really small, like I don't even know what you'd call it, like a wrist a letter opener. That. Nope. <laughs> so he a busts, busts and and stabs <laughs> the fucker. Uh, it's a tiny machete. <laughs> yeah. So if you want, uh, waste two hours, pick it up. Otherwise, you know, give it a pass and move on to the born supremacy or something because it's not that good. Anyhow. Uh, right, so that is what I caught. I caught. I saw a couple other movies, but I've already seen them. Uh, one with James. James. Uh, James watched Howl's Moving Castle. Jeff. I did. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 Continuing. I'm spreading the. Anime. Yes. Spreading like wild. I now have three of these permanently on my PS3 until oh. I delete them. It's like chlamydia. <laughs> Actually, it wasn't bad. It was pretty good. It's the imagination just was the. The star of the show, so much as you know, not so much the the story and the characters, but just the wild, crazy things that happened during the movie. Right. Reminds me of Never Ending Story when you say it that way. Mm. I, it was good. I liked it. Never Ending Story. Everyone knows of our. If you don't know of our love for the Never Ending Story, you should go back about 50 episodes and just hear the music constantly. Josh, do you want to uh, review a movie today? Uh, I'll do one really quickly. We sort of, we sort of shot you short last week. No, that's that's fine. Uh, I saw a movie. It's it's a documentary called The One Percent, done by a guy, uh, a guy called Jamie Johnson, who is like the heir, one of the heirs to the, uh, you know, the Johnson and Johnson's uh, pharmaceutical company or whatever the hell it is that produces yeah. like baby Everything. stuff and all that. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so, anyways, he's like one of the heirs to this multi trillion dollar fortune or whatever it is and uh he pretty much takes the view in this documentary that there's a huge distribution of wealth concern in the united states and it's all about him going around and interviewing like really rich people um as well as some economists and professors and, th- and things like that uh throughout the united states um and kind of getting their viewpoints on whether like this top one percent owns or has control over uh, too much wealth in the United States, and uh, one of the uh, I, I I guess it wasn't it wasn't really all that well done. There there wasn't a really high production value. There was no really like you you definitely got the sense that he thought that there needed to be some kind of redistribution, uh, but there was no like solution as to how it should happen. Um, and it, it was, the movie was kind of just all over the place, just different people giving different opinions. There was no really set theme all the way through. There wasn't really a lot of facts and figures presented, so it was kind of like, in my opinion, it really wasn't all that well done. Um, but one of the m- uh, more interesting parts for me was uh, Nicole Buffett, which is like Warren Buffett's uh, granddaughter, I think, uh, was one of the interviewees. And you find out after the film is over, I think, that uh, after having done that interview, Warren Buffett literally like pretty much kicked her out of the family for having been in the movie in the first place, which I thought was wow. kind of weird. Because I never really thought of Warren Buffett as the kind of guy that was like crazy about that type of stuff. But um, anyway, it's uh, again, it's called the One Percent. It's not really a movie I would really recommend you take it the time to watch unless you're really interested in in that type of thing. But uh, I saw it and it was okay. But uh, I wouldn't spend any time watching it again. Did uh, the this Jamie Johnson fellow did 
was he like narrating and was he like a big voice in the movie or was he just behind the camera you don't see him he was no you see him quite a bit okay, in the movie right. so he's there he's he's the guy that's interviewing people but he's also like he's giving his opinions and a lot of the movie revolves well i shouldn't say a lot of it but a good portion of the movie revolves around his relationship to the family while still holding that belief that basically there's a bunch of people in, in the united states including their family that are just way too rich for their own good so right. that was kind of an interesting angle that they took with it too, or that he took with it. I guess I should say. They weren't doing uh, cribs or anything like that, just going to everyone's <laughs> house, like, dude, check out what I got. Check out. What I got! No, but that honestly might have been more entertaining if they had. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cribs, everyone's favorite. Um, but the the Buffett thing, for some reason, I don't know where I had heard it, but I had, it, for some reason in my head, I had read that Warren Buffett was saying like all his would be heirs he was just like you know what they need to do their own thing this is my money i'm gonna do whenever i die it's gonna go here it's not gonna go just out to my family they yeah. gotta and it's a big he's a big time charity guy i think he's given right. away like a good portion of his fortune to charity but like what could have nicole buffett said that pissed him off so i think well i well from what i understand if i remember right he declined to be in the film in the first place and after that after they couldn't interview him they went to his granddaughter and was like hey blah 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 do you have to do this and incidentally she was a pretty weird chick but it might be <laughs> wa- worth watching the movie I... just to see this uh like trillionaire heiress uh being kind of weird but whatever hmm. Hmm. sort of does pique my curiosity very interesting fantastic well uh right that would be that would be it for the movie reviews we do have a, a pack day i've had of us a couple pack days we should just move right along to the park posey play along along all right. That's fantastic. You want to uh, talk about last week's? Yeah. The the thing, Jim P., fantastic friend of the show and uh, often host, um, is not here today. And he had the last week's question. Fantastic one. Um, and since he will he is not here to comment in lieu of that, we will have uh, Jim, uh, our other Jim. We have multiple Jims here. Um, he will. That's that's the kind of show we run. Right, right, that's right. <laughs> so, we're gonna. Just, you can never have too many gems. Uh, Jim P's question was: If you could take a single film and have it directed by another director to alter the vision, what is the film and who is the director? Uh, the director could be dead or alive. Uh, a lot of good answers. A lot of good answers. And James. Oh, before Jim goes, I actually didn't get a chance to uh, answer yeah, on nice. the thing. Um, I picked a movie that was based on a book, of, as I am wont to do, um, that I really liked, that I thought the movie was pretty poor, and picked a director that I really liked, and I'm not really sure what it would have what would have come out of it, but it's a. I'll tell you what I picked, and then I'll tell you my thoughts. Um, I picked the movie Choke, right, mm-hmm. uh, by Spike Jones. Interesting. Hmm. Interesting. I just I think that, that 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 book had a lot of weird ins and outs, and uh, the, the characters were um, were a little goofy. And I think Spike Jones is very good at goofy characters and desperate characters, also. And uh, that's the, I don't know. That's what I was thinking. And I really just picked a director I liked in a movie that I thought could have been better. So it wasn't that good of an answer. I think no, I think that's a good yeah. It could have been better for sure. <laughs> um. And the the guy I always thought it was Greg Clark. It's Clark Gregg that direct, uh, I guess stars wouldn't be it, but directs it and uh, also um, acts in he's it. In it he's in it a little, yeah. Yeah, and he's in uh, a he's lot in of West, movies, West Wing, a lot of TV shows. Yep. Oh, is he the guy from Iron Man? Yep, yep. Yeah. Okay. Um, this and this was his like first directing directorial debut, and it's interesting. 
Um, I don't. I guess it, it's it's a tough a tough book to take on to begin with. I'm surprised. Yeah, you I'm not saying I could have done a better job. Right. Saying Spike Jones could have. I, I would go ahead and say that I could do a better job. <laughs> I don't doubt it. I would at least put the fucking ending in. Yeah, like, no I, yeah, I don't that's, know that, that was, yeah, that's but. a dick in the face. Actually, it was uh, there was an interview that I watched uh, on the DVD where Chuck Palahniuk, the writer of the book, is talking to him, and and he asked him why he didn't put why he didn't yeah, keep like, the ending. Like, why didn't you put the most climactic part of the book in? There? Yeah, it's the amazing ending. How how about you do something with that? All right. Yeah. So, do you have a good answer or no? Yeah. I don't know, Jeff. Uh, I can't remember what the <laughs> <laughs> your ending sucks too, Jeff. Christ, <laughs> I can't remember. That's all I got. Yeah, well, I didn't, you know, have a bunch of millions of dollars. <laughs> right. Go on, Jim. Uh, so James, what what uh, other than Jeff's answer, what, do, were there any good ones? Um, I'm tempted. Anyone that stick out? I should say, weren't there any good ones? They're all good. What, what happened to Mike? Does Mike not respond anymore? That was kind of gross. <laughs> that was awesome. Jim, you're disgusting. <laughs> me? That was me. We'll have to isolate. Can we isolate that audio? Yeah. Yeah, okay. All right. We'll figure that out. Uh, what do you think, James? Um, I'm tempted to pick Peas just because he's going with the method I would pick, you know, shitty movie and try and make it better with a you know, director instead of picking something that could be tweaked or something. And Pearl Harbor, I mean, after this action sequence, it's a horrible goddamn movie. And Michael Mann could, you know, make it a lot simpler and nicer. But, you know, P had a long time to think about that one, so I'm not picking this. I'm, I'm going to go with Varys. Yeah. Um, what do you say? Yeah. I mean... For Varys? Yeah. Uh, Varys picked the Island of Doctor Moreau, which is a weird and bad movie. That was and I don't, the Val Kilmer one, right? I assume so. I oh, assume you haven't so. seen it? Well, I've he's seen it. I just don't it. know if he's talking about that one. Okay. Right. But from my point of view, yeah, it would be the Val Kilmer one. Right. And there's one redeeming part in the whole thing, and that's when on screen Val Kilmer does an impersonation of Brando, <laughs> which is kind of funny. But <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, the rest of the movie's crap. And I don't know this Korean director, but I. I mean, just the way he's describing him <laughs> leads me to believe that he's could do a better job than whoever did direct the Island of Dr. Moreau. I don't even know who it was. I want to bring up uh, KPW's second, third Matrix picks just because it's like one of the only answers that's not based on a novel. Like this is something that really like they were just writing from scrap from the first one, made a good movie, well, made a successful movie and had to make a second, third one. And uh yeah, I, I uh, looking back on those movies, I don't know how great they they really were, but um, remaking it them seem, under yeah, something else. It seems is... to me though, like I don't know, those would have to be rewritten and redirected. Right, it's right. Like, <laughs> yeah, um, it's like you need to add substance there. You just can't change the direction. No, they're like these something. ghost well, twins. It's we're fucking all, badass. We're all, it's like, the movies, Jesus. <laughs> we're assuming that with all these things, like we're not saying that uh, somebody that would remake Choke would just do the exact same lines that the first guy did. We're, we're encompassing that all that into it. I think like whoever's directing it is getting final he cut. Just editing do whatever he wants with it. Right. Right. Cause if it's the, it has to be the exact same dialogue. Well, it's going to be tough. Like my favorite well, answer is Josh's. I know. Fuck Josh's answer. I think oh, some oh, of these oh, answers though go beyond just changing dialogue, but yeah. Yeah. I think, well, Jim- no, I'm you like, you're saying that, they wouldn't be able to change dialogue, and I'm just saying they would. Is what I what it seemed like to me. 
Well, I mean, the second and third Matrix movies, I'm, you're going to have to change a lot more than just dialogue. <laughs> Can you guys tell their brothers? Like, I feel like Jim's about to give them a noogie right now. Right. <laughs> I, I just, okay, we'll, we'll move on, but I want to get back to this after the show so we can clarify what, what happened. So, yeah, I guess the question should have been director and writer. And little, all bro. <laughs> little, little bro. Little <laughs> bro. Oh, Jeff's completely off the show for me. That's it. <laughs> That, and that's how the that's how the line works. Like after I get picked on by my brothers, I move on and just right. So speaking of that, Jeff, it is uh, your episode today, which means it's your Parker Posey today, and you have uh, you're in charge. All right. Um, my uh, my question is, what is a scene or a specific moment or anything in a movie where you went whoa? That was really real, like, um, and it can be. I take that as broadly or as narrowly as you want. Uh, just something that you thought was really realistic in a way that movies maybe typically don't make something realistic, whether it be dialogue, action, whatever. Um, that you thought they did a good job of making it real. And my answer is going to be from the movie *Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance*. Um, there's a scene where, uh, the, the, the young man walks, uh, down a hallway with a baseball bat and then he like turns around and jumps and hits this guy in the head. And it's just really kind of like, it's not the most violent thing you've ever seen in a movie by far, but there's something about the realisticness of just the, the, the whole thing that is really kind of stomach churning. And, uh, yeah. So go Mm, from there. That's a good choice. And I think it was sort of, uh, jarring the first time you see it probably yeah. every time you see it but um god that there's a lot of parts in that movie where it's just like oh my god the the kidney transplant situation yeah that was gross uh, yeah uh a good answer i have an answer from a more known movie and i think a lot of it's sort of surreal but the uh scene movie i'm talking about i'm talking about fight club and Very before nice. anything gets out of control it's just they're outside uh, Tyler Durden and Tyler Durden sitting at the bar outside and it's the first, hey, just punch me. I just want to just, you know, I've never been in a fight before. Hit me. And Edward Norton punches Brad Pitt in the ear. And it's just like a swing. He hits him on the side of the head and it's just like a thud noise. And it's not like, you know, some boom pow sound effect. It's just thud. And it was, I don't know, for some reason that stood out immediately as you you said like oh that was real that's that's a really good answer i also like like that that he hit him in the ear and like brad pitt does that whole like jumping up and down thing that like to pump himself yeah that's a great answer like that entire scene is fantastic surprise me surprise me uh, yeah i i guess like the sound was the thing that made it seem seem stand out the most i don't know why but that was the first thing that popped in my head first thing james josh uh i'm ready whenever james you can go go for it all right uh, I'm I'm gonna pick a scene that I think has been mentioned before on the movie hour, uh, but I thought it was an interesting take on kind of a, a car chase slash violent scene, uh, and it's a scene in the movie called "We Own the Night" with uh, Marky Mark and uh, Joaquin Phoenix, and it's the scene where um, there's a couple cars involved in a chase. Joaquin's like following his dad, who's after the bad guy, who I can't even remember who it is at this point, and it's a scene where like it's it's raining out, and you get instead of like your kind of normal action movie car chase scene where the camera is kind of all over the place and you're seeing action all over the place, um, you pretty much get uh, Joaquin's viewpoint of the whole situation. And at the end of the scene, um, 
pretty much the bad guy ends up taking a shotgun and, and just uh, popping uh, God, what, Robert what, Duvall. Is that yeah, who Robert is Duvall? That? Yeah. Popping Robert Duvall, like in, who's driving this other car, and uh, it just the scene is really cool. There's rain coming down the whole time, and you pretty much get one person's perspective on this. Yeah, the point of view is key in that whole yeah. thing. You're yeah. just like it's an interior shot most of the time. Yeah, exactly. And I thought that was uh, that w- that was a, a pretty cool take on a scene that's been done, you know, however many times, and uh, it kind of it was refreshing after seeing that that uh, that same scene so many refreshing times. yeah it was a, it was a breath of fresh air <laughs> good answer i i still haven't seen that movie and that's the only part of that movie i've heard we, anything good about i think so. we give it, it too much praise but it's, it really uh, is pretty much it's pretty generic yeah. yeah it's pretty joaquin uh best friend of the show joaquin phoenix has an okay fuck him he's well, dead to me <laughs> okay run but uh right so this leaves uh one last person james what you got uh, I was tempted to go with the knife stabbing scene and uh, saving Private Ryan, but there's one part about oh, that God. that still bugs me. So I'm, not going to. Um, I'm going with something almost a little silly. Um, I'm going with a scene from Bridget Jones's diary. Oh God! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Drag. Yeah. Like I said, a little silly. I'm out. Hey, drag people. Bridget Jones' diary. Continue. No, that's good enough. I want to hear it. I don't know if I can best that though. I want this on record. Thank you. Good night. No. Um. There's the scene where the two love interests actually fight. It's Hugh Grant and Colin Firth, and. They're trying to fight, and they're awkward about it, but they're landing a punch here and there. But sometimes they're just kicking to get some pain in, and it seems realistic to me. Like, here's two people. They don't really know how to fight, but yet they're trying and getting in some good blows, but still being clumsy about it, too, at the same time. But it's not pure – I mean, it's not like a full-on comedic take on a fight. It's like an actual, okay, this is awkward, but here we go type of thing. Who would you say the two people were? Colin Firth and who? Hugh Grant. Seeing Hugh Grant fight would be sort of cute, sort of interesting. Yeah, I hate Hugh Grant. <laughs> the best. He's the best. Awesome. <laughs> um, so Jeff, uh, I guess you don't have to decide who's your favorite answer yet. Oh, but, but I will. We'll, we'll get to that. But uh, <laughs> could you just phrase it one last time? Yeah. What What's something in a movie that you've seen that just struck you as very realistic or very real um that just jumped out at you and it can be anything we mostly mentioned action stuff and uh and that but it can even be a line of dialogue that you thought was particularly just wow that's plucked right out of the real world um and this is like i like this question i now have other answers popping in my head as we speak i had a few too i i uh yeah i i picked i picked a violent one because but there's a billion there's a uh, billion. yeah so all right yeah run yeah, with so- that Awesome. The question will be at uh, gungapit.com. You can answer in the forums there or search for the Movie Hour page on Facebook and play along any way you like through multiple mediums. Multiple mediums. If you want, you can even send Jeff's uh, send Jeff some mail at his new address. Um, it'll be up on the web for everybody to see for to, to send them anything, anything you want. And I'll give you his phone number if you want. 231 Butthole Avenue. <laughs> That's his address. Yes, that could be it. That could be it. Oh, James, Jeff. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> hey, uh, another top-notch movie hour in the bag. Thank you so much for your input. You know it. Thanks for stopping by, everybody. Hope you enjoyed it. Drive you know safe, people. You know it. Josh, it's been three times in a row. Thanks, I know. Thanks again for being on the show, man. I know. This show's going downhill. 
Slowly but surely. Slowly but surely. Take care, everybody. We'll see you next time on the Hayden Christensen Stole My Innocence Movie Hour. See you later. Good evening, everyone. I'm Greg Maloney, and allow me to be the first to welcome you to the Hayden Christensen Stole My Innocence Movie Hour. We have a party in the studio tonight again. We are joined by my brother James and the always punctual Jeff. Welcome back to the show, fellas. I'm back, motherfucker! <laughs> you don't say. You don't say. James, you alive? Yes, I am alive. Sorry, I was muted. Gotta start again. <laughs> I'm like, oh, it's not happening, it's not happening. Alright, we'll, we'll go <laughs> we'll go again. Fuck it, we'll do it live.